Are you really sacrificing the Tesla story? See how giving I am? You're not giving. I know what's happening here. There's only five minutes left in the show. <laughs> There's only five minutes left in the show, and you want to talk about Tesla truck for about 15 or 20 minutes next time. I mean, that's fair. Maybe that's, that's fair. Maybe that's the case. Welcome back, everybody, from the Quote Wizard boardroom here. We're the Coffee and Code cast, and this is episode 57. We are a tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. I'm Kyle Johnson. And I'm Mike Sheehan. Today on the show, I don't even know what we're talking about because I just pulled up the notes 30 <laughs> seconds ago. We were having some technical difficulties again with our friends at Facebook and Sling Studio. Ooh, the Apple $52,000 computer. Is it is it worth it or not? <laughs> <laughs> so much debate. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you got some good stuff in here. Of course, the Tesla truck unveiled. We haven't talked about the Tesla truck on the cast. You know, you know yeah. We I think that was the day after we recorded the last episode, which was, uh, what, three weeks ago today now. No wonder you were dying to get on the show today. Yeah. Oh. I didn't, didn't want to skip another one. We're going to dive into that. We have a few other good topics and some outdoors news today, too. Heck, yeah. Mike's new passion. Yeah, since, since the last time. <laughs> Go big or go home, baby. That's how yeah. I do it. Welcome back, man. I'm excited to be here. It's, it's, it's been a while since we've done this. Uh, we had a couple of weeks where we couldn't uh, make the show. You had some travel going on. Uh, a lot of different things going on, but uh, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. I'm glad we did it. It's always one of those things. We, we talk about this every time we have a little break. We say, oh, we're just so busy and it's hard to coordinate things, but then we do the show and it, it's always a lot of fun. I always feel better, even after a long day or stress and whatever the fuck else is going on even if we don't have a bitch session on the show yeah we had a little mini one before the show we did (laughs) that was a nice half hour there that was was good good. i feel better now actually hey kim i want to say hi to kim she's joining us again devoted listener yes devoted listener we were really sad kim was ill earlier this week and she was not able to participate in the lockhart minute the famous lockhart minute on our tech stand-up well not our tech stand-up our tech meeting that we have every right week. and she didn't even have it all scripted out for quentin this time i didn't have anything for quentin uh, uh there's something day. else that we should talk about that i don't think that has made the episode here and that is her um epic troll oh we don't need to talk about that oh no you don't okay well you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to oh i don't care I'm just, <laughs> i just don't want to give her too much credit that's all oh well you can give me credit because i thought of it you son of a bitch yeah <laughs> both of you i blame both of you you're both going to hell when i find your birthdays oh Going, I'm going big. I don't know how I can outdo what happened for my birthday. That was a pretty good one. That was an epic uh, punk, if you will. Yeah. So let's get into the backstory first. There is some backstory. Yeah. I should drop that clip. Oh, that would be pretty cool. I should be able to drop that clip as a video source. <laughs> that That'd would be great. That would require too much work for today, but maybe yeah. we can try that next time. Yep. But anyway, it involved a few of these. A couple of those yeah, were involved. Right? A couple of those at the neighborhood bar. Conference Room F, as we refer to it in the office here. Lovingly. The Fuel Sports Eats and Beats. Yeah, so this was probably mm, four years ago, maybe, three or four years ago. The the small gathering of folks after work. It was a night like tonight. It was a winter night. Well, it was in March, though, 
So it wasn't quite like now. It was in March because March Madness was going on, and we were sitting at our usual spot, the reserved spot that we have there. It put They have our company on a little mini sandwich board, you know? And, um, yeah, I know. And th- I'm going to get to that. So, anyway, I was, I was, yeah, cracking a few Coors Lights. Yeah, I had a few too many of those. And there was a Papa shot, a very flimsy Papa shot that was set up just behind the table where I was seat- seated. And every... March, Mike, would, the owner, would bring in a different Papa shot um, that he would get from some some place. And uh, just, you know, for fun. People could come in, like, shoot hoops during the games or whatever. Anyway, long story short, I was sitting at the table for a while, cracking a few brews. I had to go to the bathroom. So I turned to go get up, and I was certain that there was a railing <laughs> on this Papa shot. Uh-huh. Absolutely certain, man, there was a railing. Yeah. So I go to grab it. There's no railing, dude. <laughs> Just netting. Yeah. And so I fall right in. Yeah, it was very flimsy. I fell right into the fucking Papa shot and collapsed it in half. (laughs) And that would have been bad enough by itself. You know, the four or five people that were there saw it and were laughing hysterically, crying. Nobody came to my aid except for the security guy, Ed, to make sure that the Papa shot was okay. I don't think he cared that I was okay. To be fair, like in the video, I've seen it a couple times. It's pretty grainy and crappy. But like you fall into the Papa shot. And then you just get back up and sit back on your chair like nothing happened. <laughs> well, and so that's what I was going to say was like the really the worst part about the whole thing was that our, my good friend Dave Lester, you know, the bagel, who, who's a regular listener of this show, you know, took it upon himself to reach out to the owner of the bar and say, oh, by the way, at 9.33.57, can you please go to your security footage and download the <laughs> clip of Mike falling into your Papa shot? And so that made circulation around the Quote Wizard office by like 9 a.m. the next morning. I think I have a copy of that somewhere. Yeah, everybody has a copy of it. Kim that hasn't somewhere. seen it, or, or at least she hadn't at the time of yeah. what we're going to get into next. So, so to wrap up the story then, it was my birthday on a Friday, well, Saturday this year, recently, a few weeks ago, and Kim found out on a Friday that, how did I miss your birthday? I didn't know it was your birthday. I couldn't do anything, because Kim is like the queen of all pranks and gags, and like, well, she's awesome. She does all kinds of stuff, like holiday decorations, but also punks people on their birthdays and all kinds of fun shit, and so... Didn't know it was mine. Felt like, oh, damn, I missed an opportunity here to punk you. And so I came in Monday morning. And no thanks to you. Um, there was a Papa shot in my fucking office like with caution tape all over the place <laughs> and road cones and a fall hazard caution sign on the door. Pretty epic. It was a, yeah, it was a great troll. I'll make sure to uh, add that uh, photo, a photo of that to the uh, podcast when I, when I publish it out there so that everybody can see what we're talking about here. It's like Kim and Kim said, she's, she goes, you, you got to commit to the gag. That's right. She went all in. That was a nice surprise. That was great. And now we have a Papa shot in the office. In, in, literally in your office. It's literally in my office, folded <laughs> in half right now. It's hiding all my whiskey. Yeah. But, um, it's a, it was a lot of fun. It's great. That was a very well done, Kim. Nice, nice yeah. work on that. Yeah, that yeah. was hilarious. We'll have to post a photo or something. I don't know if we can do that on this thing. Yep. But um, we'll have to post a photo of it. It was pretty funny. And I show, I was showing some people. They thought it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so both of you fuckers better look out because next year I'm coming for you. <laughs> All I right. I don't think I can top that, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to do my That's best. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. So what else is going on, dude? Excellent, man. Well, uh, I got a little follow up here. I got some my glasses on still, man. You know Why? Why? This is the third. Well, I think we talked about this even like last episode. So this has been three weeks now. I've been wearing glasses. That's probably the longest. I was thinking about this earlier today. That's probably the longest I've worn glasses at any point, like any lo- any um, consistency, probably since I started wearing contacts, which I would imagine was in middle school or high school, one of the two. 
Um, um, quite a while. Yeah, but I continue to have more eye problems. I thought maybe I was getting the iritis back again, which is what I had before. Yeah, and you were, uh, that took you out for like a week or two. Right. Not the case this time. Now I have an eye infection, so still wearing the glasses. So more. What is with all these eye issues? Man? More steroid drops, the whole nine yards. Oh, wow. So, yeah, hopefully uh, by the end of the week I can be out of these you're... stupid glasses because I hate wearing glasses. Yeah. Which you must too because you, don't, you never went back to yours either. No, I was always a glasses guy for a lot of years. I got my first set of, like, really, they were like fucking magnifying lenses when I was, because, you know, they were bulky. <laughs> we didn't have, we couldn't afford, like, fancy frames. So I got, like, this honking, you know, five pounds of glass. Yeah. Back when I was probably in second or third grade. I was pretty young. And so I've always had glasses. Didn't mind glasses, but I really enjoy the contacts. And what the difference is now is that they made, there has been some advances, advancements, advances, whatever it is. They've improved on the contact lens. So because I'm in front of the computer screen all day long, they have these new ones now that have an extra layer of cushion. It's kind of like a pillow top contact lens, if you will. Okay. It is. It's crazy. <laughs> like it has some kind of membrane that will keep it hydrated. Usually the regular lenses will dry out after right. exposure. And these don't. So I can wear them for eight or 10 hours and not have itchy eyes or dry eyes or anything like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how... So at the end of this week, I can finally start putting contacts back in and see how it goes. So I'm curious to see... I threw away everything. Threw away the glasses case or contact case, the solution. Threw away like everything I had. The, the pair of contacts I was wearing, obviously. So mm. like everything's net new. So I'm like, if, <laughs> if this doesn't work out, like I'm just going to go get laser eye surgery or something. Yeah, I, get the Lasix. That'd be good. Tired of dealing with it. I think I think our good friend Allie Gress, she's doing that. What, oh, pretty soon. I think so. Oh, I wow. thought I saw something. She didn't tell me this. I saw this on the Tech Time off camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like making up news here. All right. Well, but my I, wife oh, has had it. Yeah, I, my brother has had it. Yeah. Uh, Christina likes it. She has been happy with it. Right. Oh yeah, she loves it. Best thing she's ever done. I think. Everybody I talk to says that. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's had any botched laser job. Yeah. I know some people have to go back for a correction occasionally or once or something. You hear about that, but like. Like, that's the thing you always hear about. It's right. It's the loudest people scream or the, yeah. the, the complainers scream the loudest. Yes. Like you, you always hear these horror stories, but like, yeah, by and large, everybody you talk to always has good things to say. Yeah. I've heard great things. Yeah. I've, I've thought about it, but for me, I don't have, I'd rather put the money elsewhere at the moment. I don't know. Yeah. It's I've come been, down though. I've been slowly adding to my FSA, uh, not FSA, HSA card. So probably by the end of next year, I'll have enough in there just to straight out pay for it. Do it what so. are they what are they going for now like they're under a thousand dollars an eye aren't they it depends on where you're going i mean yeah you could go to the kiosk in the mall and get it done for about 300 bucks oh <laughs> dude for a couple nickels right exactly nice i mean yeah you could just <laughs> <laughs> whip your wallet out and pay for it in cash if you want but nice. uh i think hey. i think <laughs> through whoever christina did it i think at the time i want to say it was like three grand or four grand something like that yeah yeah well i all i know is that it's come down in price from five or 10 years ago when I first heard about it. And I know my brother was looking at it a long time ago and it was, well, it was really cost prohibitive then. It seems to be more reasonable now, but still expensive. Yeah. Out of pocket. That's another one of those things. I mean, we we're talking about gripes and like getting, you know, what do we, what do we have before this? We we're just kind of have a little bitch session. You said, <laughs> yeah. like if we really wanted to have a bitch session, we could do it about this too. Like, you know, healthcare, we would, we'll pay you for contact lenses every year and for fucking frames every year and exams every year. But like Lasix where you can do it one and done. Fuck that. We're not going to pay for that. I, yeah. I suppose the complaint there would be like, if you have LASIK, like you might still need readers. 
for instance, right? Depending upon your age or your, you know, your eye mm. condition. Um, or you, yeah. So like, it's not necessarily one and done for a younger, for a younger age, it might be, you know, at least for a, a period of time, but are you going to recoup the cost of four grand in, in a span of 10 years? Yeah, I suppose you probably would. You probably would. I guess that's the thing. It's not a quick ROI for the insurance company. They'd rather just pay every year, but over time it would save tons of money. Cause if you're, if you're wearing corrective lenses for 30 years or 45 years or 60 years and insurance is covering most of that, right? That shit adds up. Yeah. Yeah, that's many, many, many hundreds of dollars. Well, several hundred dollars every year. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it would, it would, it would probably add up. It makes, it would probably make good sense. I've, uh, I've got lots of gripes like that. Like we could just have a gripe episode, you know, like I'm taking some medication and every month when I go to get it refilled, it varies greatly in price. Like one month it's $45. Then it was like fucking oh, wow. $96 and $84. Like it, I just don't understand how any of that shit works. It doesn't make any sense. Well, we could make that like a reoccurring segment on the show. So like once we kind of like, you know, open up the show, we talk about what's going to be on the show. We do our follow up and then we then we get on to Mike's gripes. I don't want to be the negative guy all the time. <laughs> OK, well, then it's just coffee code cast gripes and I can come up with some, too. So right. then you don't have to be the negative guy all the time. All right. That sounds good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Misery loves company. <laughs> if you have some shit to bitch about, well, I can do it, too. Yeah. We'll work on that for uh, maybe 10 episodes down the road. Shout out to Christine joining us from Big O. That's Omaha for the rest of you folks on the West Coast here. Big O. The Big O. Why is it the Big O? Do you know why that's the Big O? No. I don't get it either. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, that's all we got in the uh, follow-up and show news, unless you got anything. Do you have a spin coffee update for us? Is there any, is there any updates on the shipping for the spin? Um... No, not since last time. There, There is a lot of activity in the forums right now. People are asking for photos. Like, hey, if that shipment arrived in L.A., can you send a photo? Oh, they're starting to lose faith. Well, I know the big O is for Omaha, but I'm just saying, like, what's the origin of the big O? Like, it was always Omaha, and then somebody, some wise-ass decided mm. we're going to call it the big O. Mm. It's a mystery. It's not big. Yeah. There's nothing big about Omaha. Yeah. So why is it the big O? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Somebody's going to have to research that and get into it. Should we move on to the news? Sure, why not? All right. Hey, buddy, what's the maximum amount you would ever spend on your computer? Uh, well, you've got a couple. You've got a, you actually are a good candidate for this. You have a couple laying around. I do? Yeah. Well, personally, I wouldn't. I'd like to pay zero dollars for my computer. <laughs> like that's e- not true because the company would have funded you a computer, bought you a computer, but no, you bought two of your own. But I didn't. But see, here's my justification <laughs> for it: is that like my business bought it. Oh, it was a business expense. I see. Right, it didn't come out of my checking account. Yeah. So I had been doing some freelance work off and on for a while. I'm not currently doing that anymore. Got too much other shit to do with my free time. But anyway, I was doing that for a while and I could pay myself a salary or something like that and then pay taxes on that. Or I could just buy, use it as my, buy equipment. (laughs) I mean. Stuff for the coffee and code. Why do you think we have all these fancy Michael Jackson mics in the fucking room right now? (laughs) And and the Roadcaster Pro. Yeah. No, my, my freelance work was really like done through the LLC and I, this is a marketing expense for the business, right? So it made sense. All right. But, um. The laptop was not cheap. I, this MacBook Pro, 
set the business back about forty three hundred dollars. That's with, pretty with tax. Yeah, that's a pretty good amount. I think I've spent. I think my MacBook Pro that I bought, you know, that's what four years older than that. Mm-hmm. I want to say that one was right around three grand. They're not cheap. Mac, maxed out. Pretty expensive computer. And as we talked about the other day, they don't hold. They don't retain their value. Oh, absolutely not. This thing's eighteen months old. Apple was going to give me fifteen hundred dollars for a trade in. Yeah, that was laughable. Yeah. And on Craigslist or eBay, it's not going for much more, $2,500. It's a little bit like the, uh, you know, the car. You drive it off the lot and it loses what percent of its value. It's like you, you walk out of the Apple right store and boom, 30% of its value. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, gone. Like mm-hmm. That just went to Tim Cook. Now you're fucked. Like you're not getting that money back. <laughs> no returns. No exchanges. Hey, we said we weren't going to have a bitch session here, all right? Oh, I'm sorry. All right. I'm feeling pretty positive. <laughs> Um, so I guess that would be the most I would ever spend. I can't imagine spending more than that. That's already an absurd amount of money to spend on a computer. Now, granted, it was for my business. I was doing app development at the time. I was doing iOS development, and it was a it was a pretty good paying job. So it made sense at the time. I needed to have an Apple computer to do the project, and um, I figured, well, I'd like to get something a little bit nicer so I can run Windows on it as well and do some other things. So yeah, I'm in the same I'm in the same vein, same same ideas, about the same kind of ballpark in terms of price. Um, I knew somebody who once spent I think about you know with a custom build mm. that some insane machine, somebody that spent about twenty ish grand. You're kidding me on a machine, really? Yeah. You know this person too. Um, wow. So I mean, I, I definitely have seen something like that, but for programming. Uh, no, for more hobbyist stuff like uh, rendering 3D models and different stuff like that, I think. Got it. Okay. So it, those do need um, some pretty beefy machines, but even that is still, 20 grand is still, I mean, you could build a machine that can do 3D rendering without spending 20 grand. It's a lot um, of money. But yeah. Um, well, the, the Apple here has a Mac, new Mac Pro, which I don't think we've talked about on the show. Maybe we did. Yeah, the cheese grater. Looks like a cheese grater. It's got some weird vent holes on the front that look kind of make it look like a l- little bit of a cheese grater, right? That's right. The, yeah. the case itself looks like that. Mm-hmm. It's got some wheels, so you can wheel it around. It's a traditional tower, like Who the a tower. Going to wheel it around. Well, you know, some, you might drag it behind you wherever you go. What wow. if you got to take it to your vacation house? Wow, that would that's probably fifty pounds right there. <laughs> oh, I have to give a shout out to Christina because if I don't, I'm going to get the bird. Oh. You might still get the bird anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I will. She just likes to flip it, flip yeah. the bird. She's saying hi. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, nice to see you, buddy. Right. How you doing? That's right. Hey. Well, the Mac Pro base price uh, here is uh, about six grand. Face price. Yeah, fifty nine ninety nine. Does that come with the wheels? No, that doesn't come with the wheels. The wheels are extra. <laughs> That's base configuration. Okay, no wheels. The base cheese grater model. That's Five thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Five thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. No screen. That's right. That's just the tower. Yeah. As we established, that's a whole other complaint. The screen, the mount. Oh is yeah, thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the screen. I think on another episode. We did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they've released this uh, MacBook Pro and, and and the pricing and all the different configurations that you can do uh, for the MacBook Pro or sorry Mac Pro, not MacBook. Um, and Mac what it, Pro, isn't it Mac Pro? Yeah. 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 Mac Pro. Um, so if you configure this thing maxed out, uh, you can get this computer to cost upwards of $52,000. <laughs> or what? Or one Tesla? <laughs> or you could just get a Tesla. Yeah. You know, whatever you feel like doing. What costs $50,000? I just, there's got to be a site like that, you know? What? 
<laughs> Other cost, things that cost fifty thousand. Fifty two thousand dollars. So the the bulk of the the cost here is actually coming from what the GPU. So you can add multiple graphics cards, um, and uh, it's a ten grand add on just for the graphics cards. Um, that's one of them, and then the RAM is the other huge one. So you can add effectively twenty five grand worth of RAM to well, this machine. Well, it's an absolute insane amount of memory. What it the is. hell? It is. What are we at? Uh, one point five terabytes. Terabytes of of ma- memory in a computer, which is yeah, that's unheard of. Somebody on Twitter said, uh, "What do you do with one point five terabytes of RAM?" And then someone's comment, I thought this was great, said, "I once heard Bill Gates say." What is someone going to do with 640 kilobytes of RAM? <laughs> That's exactly right, man. <laughs> Someday you'll need one and a half terabytes of RAM to compute. Right. It will happen. Yeah. Someday. How long will that take before right. you have to do that? Now, if you're like making movies or something, you probably use it. Well, we ran into this is a good sidebar. It's on, it's on point, but it's kind of a sidebar. We had a meeting today talking about some SQL performance issues around data masking, right? how this thing sucks. It's, it's really like problematic. It takes forever. It doesn't right. work well. And what we identified as a probable cause is that one of the SQL databases that we're masking has about 200 gigabytes worth of data. And the, pro- the machine that it's doing the work only has 52 gigabytes of RAM only. But the problem is, is that it can't load everything in the memory. So it's got to chunk it and it's going to slow things down. Sure. And so what we came up with is like, well, let's get a VM that has as close to 200 gigs of RAM or more to test this out. Like, does that actually fix the problem? Like, does it go from taking a day to do this job to maybe a few hours then? But yeah, like, so there are applications out there where you need to have gobs and gobs of memory, 200 gigs. I mean, that's this Mac should be able to handle that. <laughs> yeah. We pretty well need, need to, to do the data masking. We just need a $50,000 Mac pro yeah. and, and we can handle that. And we can handle that. Right. We'll have to make that proposal to the business. Yes. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that you would need this much computing power, this much storage, as much memory. Uh, how much storage can you get for $52,000? It's really pretty stupid. Four terabytes of storage. SSD. Uh, split across two terabyte SSDs. Okay. Yep. Uh, eight terabyte option will be available soon. Good Lord. Which means it'll be even more expensive. Good Lord. Because the four terabytes of storage is $1,400 additional as it is. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So other things you can get for this. You can get wheels. We mentioned wheels. $400. Wheels, wheels don't come free, man. <laughs> That's $100 a wheel. Yeah. Like I can get those. You can get tires for a, a small compact car for about the same price. Well, you know, these are aluminum wheels. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Actually, these are not aluminum wheels because Johnny Ive is out. He's gone. Yeah. He might have had a He might have played on this, but. You know what? He wins, though. He's still a winner. I was reading about this after his departure was noted. They announced his departure sometime in the spring, right? It's It's been out there for a while, but they saw that his name was off the website right. somewhere around November Thanksgiving time. Pretty recently, yep. But he is a he has a uh, design firm yes. he runs, mm-hmm. and Apple's going to contract that. So <laughs> he's not really gone. He's just making more money now. That's probably true, yeah. Mo he's money. getting the contractor price, yep. Contractor prices jump everything up. So if he was making a few million before, well, he'd be sitting pretty good now. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure he is. Yeah. He was making more than a few million. Yeah. He was probably making tens of millions of dollars. Anyway. Yeah. Well, what do you think here, man? Are you going to buy one of these bad boys? 
I mean, you, you like to throw money around, so I just, you know. Dude, that's like, that is some serious money. I would, I, for $52,000, I could think of f- so many other things to do. Well, no, hold on, because like you, you spent a grand on a coffee machine. Like a computer can do so much no. more than a coffee machine. No, 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 no. Now, this is what? not just an ordinary coffee machine. <laughs> and it wasn't a grand. I got it on like half off. Well, but I mean, the retail value is a grand. Retail value is nine ninety nine. I got it for about half that. Okay. Um, well, I haven't gotten anything yet. Let's be clear about that. I paid that much for the promise of receiving one of right. these machines someday in the future. And yeah. that day has not come yet. Um, yeah, well... It's a lot more than just a coffee machine, but yes, but you're talking about like, okay, $500 versus $52,000. First of all, I don't even have $52,000 laying around to spend. Okay. Put it on your Delta reserve card, buddy. It's fine. You know, I could, I could, uh, I could do some damage on the Delta reserve (laughs) card, but then I'd really be in trouble. I'm like, I might as well also include a one-way ticket out of the country because I'm never (laughs) going to pay that shit off and I'm just going to take my chances and go for the border, you know? Um, I think it's just insane. Yeah. Clearly, this is not a consumer product. Like, this is a business, high-end right. processor. I, I said Universal Studios. Like, yes. whatever the movies yep. are doing these days. Yep. Animated, animation studios or that sort of thing. Yep. You would utilize this type of technology in those applications. Right. Um, I can't think of anything that I could personally do on my machine to even come close to using the, the RAM. The storage, you know, isn't that much storage. No, I mean, yeah, you could you could certainly outdo that storage pretty easily. But, I mean, Apple has always been a premium for storage. Like, they, they charge asinine prices for storage anyway. They do. Yeah. I'm thinking if I had my Plex server up and running and I could pirate all the shows, not that I would do that. Um, four terabytes of storage wouldn't take you very far. But what would you do with 28 cores? That's the problem. What the <laughs> hell could you do? Like, you're transcoding. Like, I was talking to Joseph about this earlier, and... He said at Purdue University, his alma mater, they had a really impressive audio processing lab, and they did a lot of AV-type stuff there, and they had really fancy equipment. And he said, yeah, you could use something like this to do all the advanced processing. I said, fuck, for that kind of 28 cores, you could probably process half the calls in the USA right now. Right, yep. Like, that's just an insane amount of... Yeah, for, like, if you're not a computer nerd, for, like, comparison, a typical average computer nowadays, like, this laptop here probably has, what, four cores? Maybe? Yeah, this one has six. Six, yeah. So, yeah, you're <laughs> 28 versus six, yeah. you know? like And this and thing's a thing powerhouse. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm still 22 short. <laughs> Coming up short again. Right. Hate when that happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's insane. Right. I'm, I'm not buying one You're anytime no go. soon. Right. I would rather buy. I would rather buy a Tesla. Before yeah, I would buy that. Hey, I me don't too. Even want a car? How about that? Don't need one. But if I had the choice, that's what I would do. All right. Well, I'm not going to get one either. It's so. fun to think about, but it's fucking crazy. It'd be yeah, it'd be fun to have under your desk. Well, and here's the worst part about it. I if I had fifty two thousand dollars, if I had a big night at the casino and I was had a few beers open, and I thought I want I want a Mac Pro. Like immediately again, like if I tried to sell it a month later, nobody's going to pay me $52,000 for it. I'm like at 30 for it. Maybe, maybe not even that probably. Oh yeah, for sure. Not that. Yeah. So here's the deal. I would configure the whole thing. I would, if if I was going to buy this, Christina, I'm not going to buy it. If I was going to buy this, I would configure it to the max specs, but I would be too cheap to get the wheels. You are you fucking (laughs) serious? (laughs) He's going to come in at 51, eight folks, just because. 
Hey, it's a smoking deal at this point, right? Or 51, 51 9. Yeah. <laughs> no, 52 <laughs> 1. It's 52 500. Yeah. Not, never mind. I yeah. was doing the wrong math there. Wow. That would be funny. What if you. <laughs> What if you got it and you just said, like, you know, I'm really like t- topping out my budget. I'm only going to get one wheel now and I'll come back for the other ones <laughs> later. Like, can we just like piecemeal this out a little bit? Yeah. You know, uh, I definitely want the afterburner accelerator card for two grand, but I only could really uh, utilize one wheel at the time. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Have to set it up on a blo- wood block or something. Or the rare two. Like I'm going to treat yeah. it like luggage at the airport. I only need the rare two wheels and then yeah. I'll just like pull up the front end and wheel it around. <laughs> Now I'm just envisioning like a car up on blocks in the neighborhood, right? That's right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just looks super. <laughs> it's a uh, luxury sports car. It's a Bugatti that somebody spent an insane amount of money on, but the, it's on blocks. <laughs> oh, that's great. Wow. Yeah. This is stupid expensive. Yeah. I don't even know on the window side if you could even try to spend that much money. Like you'd get a rack. Well, our good, our good friend Gomer, as soon as I sent this to him, like his, his literal response to me was like, why? God, why? <laughs> And then he like went about like configuring machines that were in the same vicinity of this. And I think I want to say like the max he spent on any given machine was maybe like 6K. And and for a DIY yes. machine, that's phenomenal. I mean, it'd be interesting to note what these parts are really worth. 52000 Like, is it really 52000 It's not $52,000 worth of parts, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely not. There's probably a 40% or 60% markup on that. I don't even know. It's something insane. Probably more than that. Insane markup on it. Insane. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're getting a, if you're building your own machine, the hardware, yeah, like four terabytes of storage is a $1,400 add-on. It doesn't cost 1400 bucks for two terabytes because I think the base, I don't know what the base would be. I get, I get, I have two, well, granted they're not uh, solid state, but I have two, uh, seven terabyte drives at home in my Synology. And I think those were like 150 a piece. There you go. Now they're spinners, but yes, but still, um, but I, they're, yeah, they're I marking up a lot of this stuff yeah, here. I don't think there's a, what, $1,200 Delta between the spinners and the solid state. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. 12, 128 gig Ram chips. That's crazy. It's a big mobo. <laughs> yeah. Big motherboard. Yes, it is. Needs a lot of cooling. Yeah. Well, that's why you got the cheese grater design because it moves air a lot. They sponsored it with like, they, they partnered with like big ass fans to like keep this thing cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bigassfans.com. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move along here. What's, let's, what's away? What's away. the away fiasco? You should know this, man. Like away, the, the luggage company? No. Are they the ones that you can't bring their shit on the plane because it has batteries in it or something? Uh, they probably sell something like that. I mean, it's away luggage. They they advertise all over the place. If you listen to podcasts, they sponsor a ton of podcasts. I don't. They're basically just a luggage company, but they like position themselves as if they're a travel company. I listened to our podcast. That was evident in my you, Spotify you, decade in review. Oh. But uh, I, I don't listen to anybody else's. I don't believe you listen to our podcast all and the time either. But. We don't even talk about the away company, so how would I know about it? Because you should know about it because they are a very popular company. All right. Um, They were anyway. Oh, they still are. Um, The Verge, uh, a good good news, tech news resource that we use and reference here quite a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, did an investigation on a way and and it led to some pretty interesting findings. Um, And the reason I thought this was interesting is because we, both being managers, uh, can probably learn a thing or two uh, from some of the experiences of the CEO of Away. Um, 
the, the kind of the basic piece of the story is that they, they are a typical startup in that they expect their employees to work pretty hard, long hours, those types of things, right? And they do yeah. most of the work digitally. Um, so they use things like Slack. Uh, in our case, we use Microsoft Teams, which is basically the same platform. Like when you say digitally, they work remote? Not necessarily, but like most of all their communications are done through digital mechanisms. Okay. Um, and, and Slack is their particular one, uh, tool of choice. Um, and the way that Slack works, if you're not familiar for whatever reason, it's, it's an instant messaging tool. You can do one-on-one conversations. You can do these things called channels, which are kind of like, they can be public or private, but they're basically group conversations that kind of people can jump in and out of. Yeah. Um, and they utilize this very heavily. Um, but Steph Corey, I think is how you pronounce her name. She's the CEO or was of Away. Um, when she started the company, they created a, an atmosphere where they basically wouldn't allow or very highly discouraged one-on-one communication. So if I was going to message you, like they wanted you to do it through a channel that was in the public space, not through a direct one-on-one conversation. That's interesting. That's a little odd. And their, theor- their reasoning for that was to be like open and transparent, open and transparent communication, which is something that I say here a lot. Um, we're both, like I said, we're both managers and I, I strive for the same thing. That's good to a point, right? But yes. there's times when you don't want to do that. Absolutely. So, and, and that's exactly what I've said. So I always want to have these open channels where like anybody can kind of drop in and, and um, collaborate and contribute to conversations that are happening, you know, about a given subject. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a time and a place for that. And there's a time and a place for a private conversation as well. But they, they did not embrace that. They were very adamant that everything be done in public channels. Um, to basically, and, and it became kind of like this, almost like a, um, what do I want to say? Like they were being monitored all the time. Like they were trying to like a big brother type of thing. Okay. And so people started <clears throat> having some side conversations. Um, I don't, I don't have all the details in front of me, but I want to say it was like some, some of, um, some of like some LGBT community people wanted to talk about like those kind of issues in like a side conversation, not in a public channel. Yeah. This hot topic Slack that's channel. Right. Yep. And so they started having this conversation. Well, that's um, not allowed at this company effectively. And so eventually the CEO caught wind of this um, and within a few days fired everybody that was, com- you know, having any conversation in that channel. And the reasoning for her firing was, um, discrimination i think uh, was base the base of it making channels to commiserate about a tough work day was not encouraged that's right yep um they also didn't want direct email between employees um so basically they wanted no direct e- uh, co- communication between employees or um but everything had to be a public conversation it just seems to be taken to a very far extreme here like well, i don't understand why you wouldn't encourage that to happen now you can't really enforce something like that we've talked about this on the show before like there's things you know that teams as a public you might as well treat teams or slack in the organization as a public channel because somebody has access to all the shit that's in there absolutely whether it's a private conversation or not somebody probably on the tech group yeah has access to the whole thing probably kim that's why i don't say anything because if i really (laughs) screw up like she's gonna fucking dig up my chat history on my private channel and share that with somebody that shouldn't see it yeah um so, so that, that's the thing. Yeah, they were discouraged to use email in yep. general, Christina yep. is saying. Yep. It, that just seems like, wait, that's overreach in a very big way. I don't understand why they're trying to have that much control. What I was trying to say, though, is that for us even, 
if we're going to do something private, I mean, we get into a private conversation that isn't uh, something that I want captured on Teams, then I just pull out SMS. I mean, that's what people, that's what everybody does. <laughs> pull out your phone and get off Wi-Fi and text via LTE. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, um, so the rules had been implemented in the name of transparency, um, but the employees all there uh, felt that it created a culture of intimidation and kind of a surveillance state, right? Um, which makes sense. That's exactly the way I would kind of feel about it as well. Especially if you're going to fire a group of people for doing something like that. Right. So that wasn't it. That was not like the extent of the story. It even actually gets a little bit worse. So like wow. kind of, as I mentioned earlier, like employees were asked to work a lot of hours uh, in the name of being a startup and in the name, they liked to do kind of like use the idea that, you know, we're a team. You need to work as a, as a part of the team. And then like effectively um, guilt you more or less into like, well, you're, you're giving up on your team if you don't come in. So like, they give an example of somebody who was going to go home for a holiday and they were getting behind on shipments of these bags. Mm-hmm. And so the CEO gets on the Slack channel and basically guilts everybody into coming in over the holiday, like got one of them in. Well, now one team member's on. So like the other team has, feels like they need to rally up around, wow. cancel their holiday plans and come in. Well, they didn't get overtime. They didn't get anything like for it. They just kind of got like chastised by the CEO and reprimanded in Slack messages, public Slack messages, right? Because nothing's private at this company. So <clears throat> this kind of went on and there's a whole bunch of different um, examples of kind of harsh criticism that the CEO gives to people in like public spaces. Um, and, it, and some of them feel pretty, in, well, they all feel very inappropriate. Some of them are pretty, pretty harsh, I guess. Um, and so The Verge released this article and, and it, created a ton of buzz like a ton of people picked up on this and of course it became kind of politically argued right so like i I was i was there's one podcast that i listened to and people were asking questions of the podcast like are they going to remove them as a sponsor they should and and the guy's response was like well no that's like that's tech culture right like this is what startups do they all have these you know long hours that they work this is how you do a startup yada 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 and then like the guy that was, was replying to him had an interesting argument and he kind of basically equated it to like, um, what do I want to say here? Like women's rights or something like that. He's like, well, you're just basically like saying that it's okay for them to like continue to abuse their employees. You're enabling that company by sponsoring them. Exactly. Them, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're enabling that behavior mm-hmm. um, by continuing to let them sponsor you and, and just like passing over the fact that like, oh, that's fine because that's the way it's always been done. Right. Right. Which I thought was a great a great um, way to describe that problem. Um, so yeah, this, uh, this became like a huge issue and it still is a huge issue. And um, within about three or four days, um, the CEO of Away uh, stepped down. Good. Um, even though everybody, like the weird thing too, is that this CEO, like everybody really respects the person. Like they think they all want to impress her, I guess is the way I should say. Like they think that she, her work ethic is amazing. They think like she's led an amazing company and they all still want to impress her. But then they're also like scared of her at the same time. This sounds like a, this sounds a little Trumpian to me. A little Trumpian? Like, like Trump never does the dirty work. Like you don't see him, you know, shooting people or, but he like, he doesn't ask people to do it. People just know it's implied like what to do, you know? Yeah. Like, is that the case here? Maybe the CEO is like not actually the one making people come in and work late or, you know, it's, it's the friendly face of the company, but then like everybody knows like, well, we know what she wants. She wants to have 500,000 bags made in three days. So 
we're going to put pressure on everybody else to do it and carry yeah. out that. Well, she was super micromanaging. Like she would like micromanage every portion of, of the process. And as soon as like a problem cropped up over here or over here, she was on top of it. And like, she would threaten the group that was running it. Like, so if this was your group, she would basically say like, if you can't get this shit fixed in 24 hours, I'm just going to take over the whole damn thing. Hmm. You know, stuff like that. So wow. like, yeah, she just didn't have, mm, I don't know if it was like a motivating factor. She wasn't motivating correctly or didn't have faith in the people that, that were working with her or felt that like instilling fear in them was like the way to motivate. Like, listen to this. As the holidays approached, the team had to work round the clock to keep up with customer demand. Mm -hmm. In December, Caroline was wrapping up work at 1 a.m. when she saw a Slack message from Pasanen. Okay, everyone, take a photo with your computer in bed when you get home. Here's mine. <laughs> she was sitting in bed wearing a face mask, still working. Yep. Like, there are labor laws for this kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, but your salary, it's fine. That's insane. Yeah. And that's not how all startups work. Like, I mean, it's a well-known thing. Like, like you, you can't gloss over that, that that's a well-known, like, startup life problem. It is a problem. Absolutely. But... I'm curious to know on the compensation side, like were they, would these guys all be millionaires if the thing went big? Like were they actually getting compensated any? Like, In terms of salary, no. Like they did uh, mention somebody here, like they talk about the customer service rep and I think, it, I want to say the salary was, you know, maybe 60 grand or something like that in New York City. So, I mean, no, they're not making great money. Uh, as far as shares and that sort of thing, I'm not sure what, you know, what kind of shares, if any, they were getting uh, of the company. Because I, I, I'd be interested to know more about those details, um, not that it makes it right, but I think what the worst thing that you see, I, I've seen um, even with other startups, is that you have that kind of culture, but then you're not getting RSUs or EEPs or anything like that. You're getting some kind of salary, which might be below market rate, and you're not getting any other compensation for it. And it's just like, hey, work your ass off. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a crazy story. The whole, the whole thing was, was really fascinating to see. And like a lot of it got exposed through Slack, which is the funny thing because they wanted to be this like public, everything had to be public. And so they, they discouraged, well, that's another thing we should probably bring up here. So at the time that the verge um, exposed this article, they basically as a company, the away company um, tried to threaten or, or, prevent their employees from sharing this either from a professional level or through their own personal uh, social media accounts. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, of course what happens is people screenshotted all of that communication from Slack and put it out there. So it immediately got out. Yeah. I'm reading it right now. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so it was just like the whole thing was botched and was just really poorly run. And I don't know what the hell this CEO was thinking. Like none of this makes any sense and was ever going to work. Um, clearly can run a successful business to some degree, but um, the management style is, is awful. Um, and, I, you know, I don't think, obviously, we would never do anything like this, but it's, it's just fascinating to see how other people manage or think they can manage people or treat people. Um, yeah, this is pretty sad to look at some of these things. Like, right. Just really um, condescending, too, in, in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like almost it's abuse, really. I know you're hungry for career development opportunities, so I'm going to help you learn the career skill of accountability. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you're not familiar with this story, you should go read. There's a pretty lengthy article on The Verge. It's really fascinating to read. It's sad, but it's, really, it's a really fascinating read, and it gives you kind of an eye-opening perspective on, on what... I just posted it in the oh, perfect. comments there. On what, like, you know, tech startups, what they can look like, you know, in terms of, you, you know... This is actually a great uh, ending to this story here because like Away is a very well-known brand. A lot of people love it. A lot of people love the bags. 
Um, I've thought about getting the bags before. Um, so the brand itself has like this incredibly positive perception, mm-hmm. right? But the company behind the scenes is is not a great place to work, clearly. No. Like people clearly do not like that environment. And, and I think at the end of the article, it says everybody they interviewed for this article has quit since. Um, and, I, and I definitely know I've uh, of, of other experiences where you know, um, actually it says here at the end, I highlighted this, um, this quote says never work for your dream brand. It'll kill you basically. Um, and I, and I know from experience, other people that I, that I know have, have went to companies that, you know, in, in, in the mind, in your mind, you're thinking like, wow, this is like the dream job. This is the best thing that I could do right now. And then you, you, you know, they might have a great public perception. Like everybody might love the product. Like everything is great from that perspective, from the outside in, or yeah, but from the inside out, it's it's uh, toxic and and poor culture, and that can slight anything that that might be public about or uh, um, great about the company. So I, I'm just like my jaws hitting the floor here, you're just looking blown at this. away by this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have read this before, but I didn't even look at the notes <laughs> until we started the show today. I wasn't sure we were going to have a show today. Oh man, I wanted to. Can't just, skip the show. I know, I know. We skipped two in a row. I know. Great story. I'm glad you brought this up. I need to look through this a little bit more. This is really extreme. I mean, this is like, I want to say it's almost like kind of Travis Kalanick kind of level shit here, man. Who's that? The Uber guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking through her comments, you know, like in the snarkiness and how she's a real smart ass here too. She's just like brutal. And yeah. that was like, and that's another thing that's probably good to bring up. Like one of the things that we've talked about quite a bit back and forth is, is in you know, your management and your one-on-ones and your dealings with like your, uh, direct reports. Like we talk about like open and honest feedback, yeah. you know, whether it's good or bad, like I'm going to tell you kind of like how you're doing, but I'm going to do it with some tact. Whereas like, she's yeah, exactly to your point. Like today I'm going to teach you about accountability. Yeah. Let me tell you how about how to be accountable by doing your fucking job. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There was a comment about what happened to this uh, plan that you gave everyone last night. We had confidence and now we don't. And then the response to her was, well, hey, things are happening in real time quicker than I can update you. You know, our agents are going to the bathroom. They're training. They're working through tech issues, blah, 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 and some mental health issues. Mental health, yeah. Well, we always assume people went to the bathroom, so let's stop talking about that as if it's a surprising Friday update. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just brutal. Yeah. Um, This is something that I learned early on in the university when I was a, a philosophy minor, and that that the idea of charity like that when you're having debate or and, and I think it applies like in management so I always think about this in management that you you exercise a level of charity like you don't belittle people and like what I see in a lot of her comments here is just belittling people making them feel small right. attacking ad hominem attacks it's not just really like hey I'm giving you constructive feedback it's like I'm being a smart ass I'm attacking you I'm making you feel small really crazy way to run a company I which is imagine that particularly like threatening from a ceo like yeah. it'd be one thing coming from your direct manager if you're just like you know an individual contributor and, and like your manager is telling you you know pretty horrible things that'd be one thing but like coming from an executive in the company like that's even more troubling and and like how do you how do you rebut that or how do you comment back you can't you can't it's not an equal playing even playing field right. i like what christina said radical candor good book right right versus being an asshole yep yeah, Simply open and put, honest feedback, but it's like constructive criticism, not like bringing the person down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're building them up, not not beating them down. Yeah, well, <coughs> oh boy. Easy, buddy. Um, 
Yeah, I need some more diet, Dr. Pepper. All right. Well, while you recover here, I guess we can move along from the I'm away okay. story here a little bit. Good um, story. Uh, not a good story, but I'm glad you brought it up. That interesting story, yeah. Worthy of discussion. Right. So we're going to move right on past the Tesla news. Real quick, though, I just want to oh. comment. It was four days after the investigation that she stepped down. I mean, there was no question she was a fucking a-hole. Yep. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Like, the story was blowing up, like, really, really quickly. So um, I don't think she had any choice. But, um, yeah, crazy. Wow. It's It's insane to me, like, how people can run, a, run, can manage in different styles, right? Yeah. It's, it's not too dissimilar to, like, I talk to my wife all the time about, like, dudes being assholes to women dating. Oh, sure. She tells me these stories, and I'm like, there is no way that's real. That a dude did and this. She's like, yep, no, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Believe <laughs> Believe it. Same thing with this. Like, there's no, like, to me, like, if you would have just told me that this is happening, I'd be like, no, there's no way. Yeah. You know? This but, is exaggerated. Yeah. It can't be that way every day all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's crazy. 1 a.m., take a picture in front of your computer. <laughs> in bed. Yep. Put that on the Slack channel. I'll do that tonight. I won't. I'll be sleeping. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I'd t- if, I, if I had to do that, I'd just throw the computer at her and walk out, man. Screw that. There you go. That's Find ridiculous. a new gig. Find a new gig. There's plenty of startups that can harass you. Why stick at that one? <laughs> That's true. All right. What else you want to talk about? You wanted to talk about the Tesla truck. Nope, we're going to skip over that because we got big news. Big news. Big news. We're going to move on to uh, Mike's big, big new hobby. Are you really sacrificing the Tesla story? See how giving I am? You're not giving. I know what's happening here. There's only five minutes left in the show. <laughs> There's only five minutes left in the show, and you want to talk about Tesla truck for about 15 or 20 minutes next time. I mean, that's fair. Maybe that's, that's fair. Maybe that's the case. I know you can't squeeze it in at five, but yeah. we can talk about that new adventure. Sure, why not? I'm good. Yeah. What's going on, man? Are you, are you poking? Are you going to be poking a little fun my way? I kind of sense a little fun poking coming my way. I here. guess you'll only have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll give you the 30-second version of this, the genesis of Well, no, we got 10 thing. minutes, so don't have to be, it doesn't have to be 30 seconds. Okay, okay. Well, here's, here's the idea. I'm going backpacking in southern Utah for five days and no, five nights, six days and five nights. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So where did this come from? Because when you moved to Seattle, we took a backpacking trip. You didn't have any gear, right? So we, At that time, I did not. I got rid of my gear, yeah. Yeah, so we, we found... A, I, I had backpacked pr- uh, previously. I haven't done it for a number of years, but I had backpacked I did too. previously mm-hmm. and had all the gear. So I, I recruited you to go on a trip with me to Shai Shai Beach in, in uh, the state of Washington. And so we found you gear. We did. And we hiked, and, and that was the only time that I've ever hiked with you. And, That's and it. since then, yeah. as far as I know, at least, I think maybe, maybe you and your ex-wife uh, and I went on like a day hike, but not, a, not an overnighter. No overnighters, no camping since then. No. Right. I've been here for seven years. I've not camped more than one time with you. In seven years, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. where did this come from? Like, how did how did this come about that you suddenly? Um, well, we'll talk about what what purchases you made. But how did this come about that you decided you wanted to go backpacking? I'll tell you where it's coming from. So, I had a history of doing. I did a lot of camping, winter camping in particular in the Midwest as a, as a youth. So, when I was young and I was a teenager, I was in scouts, and then I, as a young adult, I even did more camping as well. And so, I had. At the time, I had backpacking equipment. I mean, you would not want any of this stuff now because <laughs> as I'm clearly discovering, like the advancements there, huge. And the weight and loss, you know, things are so small and lightweight now and waterproof. But but I did uh, for a number of years go backpacking, camping down in even in New Mexico. And, um, you know, that was like a seven-day uh, excursion. Um, did winter camping in Nebraska, if you can imagine that, like where it got so cold below zero that like we had to, we had to, um, you know, the milk was frozen in the cooler and we had to 
put it in a boiling pot of water to get it to thaw out. <laughs> kind of a thing. Had to boil our milk. So I've had I've had exposure to it before, and it's just been a long time. And so there's a few things happening. You know, I've been back now for about two years, almost two years, not quite. Is that right? So let's see. In April of 19, that'll be two years. And I think the first year, like I told you, was just a real mess. Yeah. I was in, I was scraping the bottom, like not sure what to do with myself and just getting adjusted to being alone, being single, all these things. And just a a fucking mess is probably the best way to put a caption on it. Yeah. You were a bit of a head case there, right? And and yeah, and like all the stuff that happened there, you know, that we joke about now, but it was just like not, it was crazy at the time. So like I'm coming, I've, I've come full circle. I've come out of that. And I, like the last six months or so, I think I've been much healthier. I mean, I, I kind of earmarked the 4th of July. Like that was kind of a special time for me when I really felt like I, I don't have the same feelings or thoughts or like despair or depression or any of these things. Like I actually feel pretty content in my life. I like what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing other, getting into other things now other than just, um, you know, going to the bar every day or something. Yeah. Um, I like coming home. I even like cooking sometimes, but not a lot, but, um, I'm exploring a bit more. And in another thing that I didn't really talk to you about before, but I had done a stint in grad school. I didn't complete it, but I did a stint in grad school in, in campus ministry. I was going after a master's in Christian spirituality and I wanted to be maybe a retreat leader. I had done retreats in college and I enjoyed that. And I thought that'd be cool. And one of the requirements of being in this program was having to do um, silent retreats. It was a Jesuit university. And so this is part of like the Ignatian spirituality. You had to go on a five day silent retreat and no, no talking um, with anybody, um, no phones, no, no anything. Like the whole goal was like interior silence. And you met with a spiritual counselor, a priest for like one hour a day. So 23 hours a day, you're on your own and you're not watching shit. There's no, you know, you're walking around in nature, contemplating life, whatever it is. And I got to tell you, it was the longest 23 hours a day of my (laughs) life. Like I felt like I could fit a year into 23 hours. Like it was just so different than our usual experience where we're constantly on the go and days just fly by. It was the complete opposite of that. Um, But I got a lot of value out of that. Like I came away from those. I did it twice, three times. I did it three times and I came away with um, a lot of clarity um, having those experiences. And so I think part of that with the outdoors piece is kind of what drew me into this idea of what do I do with winter break? I've got time off from maybe 10 days off, 12 days off that I'm taking between the 20th and the first, something around there. And uh, I'd like to, I thought I'd like to go somewhere on my own, do a solo thing and just clear my head and, you know, no drinking, no alcohol, like no TV, no electronics. I just wanted to go away, maybe go to some, go to a cabin, go somewhere else. And when I was home on Thanksgiving break, my aunt was telling me about the mighty five parks in Utah um, as, as a beautiful option of a place to be outdoors. And I thought, Hmm, like maybe I'll do that, you know? And I started looking at places to stay and I thought, well, geez, like the expense of staying somewhere for 12 days is not cheap. And I like camping and I've done it before and it's been a while and I kind of miss it a little bit. I think it'd be fun to do that. Like have that kind of, uh, you know, moment of clarity. And so that's what led me to say, like, instead of spending money on lodging, I'm just going to spend it on equipment. And I like buying shit anyway. (laughs) Um, So that'd be fun. And uh, yeah, so I started plotting this thing out and started telling people about it. And then I realized I had to do it because I was telling everybody I was doing it. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and yeah, in short time, purchased a lot of the equipment that I needed to backpack. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. A lot. Not, not all of it. Not all, not a lot of it. Like, yeah, everything. You have everything you need to backpack at this point. And, and not only that, but you have it in, you, like, I, I, I'm a three season backpacker, right? I'll do spring, uh, summer and fall. But yeah. You've, you've got four season gear. So you're you're ready for negative temperatures. Negative temps, yeah, yeah. I can be pretty toasty and twenty below. That's crazy. I don't, yeah, I have no interest in doing that. But I'm very excited about the fact that you're you're interested in going back to backpacking because it's something that I've been wanting to do again for a number of years. Um, just have for whatever reason, I just never do it. Um, mainly because I think I like I enjoy doing it with somebody else. Like sure, you know, I think going out is you know alone is one thing, but I think I enjoy going out with somebody else that is kind of the same pace, same level, same interests as you, you know, versus kind of somebody who's, I don't know, um, different speed, different, uh, likes as after you get to it or, you know, whatever. I think the trip we took to shy, shy beach was, we were pretty compatible that way. Like the, our effort level, our interest, the whole thing, we had a good time. Yeah. We were rained out like <laughs> 90% of the time. Right. But still enjoyed that experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much of like, you know, I want to do a two or three days most of the time, probably something like that. Two yeah. days usually is, is plenty. You know, hike in, stay, mm-hmm. maybe hike in a little bit further and stay or um, something to that effect. And then that's it. Come back out. Yeah. Um, and, and during the time that we're there, you know, I might do like smaller little hikes away from kind of where we're setting up. But beyond that, you know, I just want to sit, have a cup of coffee, uh, doodle in my journal play cards, whatever, you know, I don't want to do a ton. That's like that's, that's to pers- me. That's the point. I, I like that because, because we have enough activity in the day to day. I, that's where I'm at. I wanted to do something very different, somewhat extremely different from what my normal day to day looks like downtown in the city. And I don't really leave the court or I'm flying somewhere, but um, this was an idea of just like go in nature, be quiet, be still calm down, um, detox, figure out what's going on in my life. What do I want 2020 to look like? I've always been a big planner that, that way for a number of years, always having these end of year kind of evals and like looking back at the, on the year and how did it go and what I liked or didn't like and what I wanted for the next year and even planning some trips or thinking about what I wanted to do or accomplish. So this is another way to do that. I'll, I'll be there and have time to really think or not think and just decompress but yeah, figure out what's next. What do I want to do? Yeah, it's a good way to get, get, yeah, to your point, get away from technology, get away from kind of the buzz of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Which re- I love. Reconnect with kind of like being simple. Yeah. Right? And yeah, clear your headspace and like let you figure out, yeah, like you can, you can kind of like do a lot more deep thinking, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, and just clear out everything that's going on and, and kind of become, you know, kind of center yourself, I guess. There's something really valuable I've found in changing your environment. And I think that I've seen this in a few ways, like the, the spiritual retreat that I did was one way as a young adult um, that really was transformational. Even going to Barcelona and staying in a hostel for five days was very transformational for me. It was a completely different experience foreign than anything I've done before. And it opened my eyes to a whole new set of possibilities that I didn't even consider in the city here. And so uh, I guess that's partly why I wanted to challenge myself. I didn't go out overseas this year. I didn't go international. I took a lot of domestic trips, but this would be a really cool way to do something a little more radical than I usually do and see what happens, see what comes out of it. And, um, you know, 
if we can take more trips next year backpacking, I think that'd be pretty damn cool too. I think that'll be fun. And, and, and it's been fun already. Like even just, we've been nerding out on spreadsheets. You yeah. know, I, I shared a spreadsheet with you that shows kind of pack weight. Yes. So you can break everything down and kind of get a good idea of, of how much shit you're carrying on your back and how many pounds. <laughs> uh, so we've been nerding out on that a little bit. That's been kind of a lot of fun. Uh, been a good guide as to like, well, not only for you, like what kind of gear it is that you need to buy, but then on my perspective, like like I said, I haven't hiked or backpacked in probably four years okay. at this point. Well, hiked I have, but not backpacked. Yep. And so, you know, I went through my bin and I had a lot of stuff that was expired or I needed to replace or maybe, you know, to your point, like the technology has changed, could be upgraded. Um, so I started looking through that, you know, updating my spreadsheet, throwing that on my Christmas list because it's perfect timing, right? Great time to buy. Which is another point. You had great timing on all this too because you you kind of came across this idea like right as Black Friday came around. I lucked out. I, I didn't pay full price for hardly anything. Everything was 30, 40, 50, 60% off. Yeah. It's out of season and it's Black Friday. Yeah. 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 Not a lot of people looking for tents right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good time to buy. All right. Well, time something, right? I didn't even plan that, but it happened to work out okay. Right. But yeah, it was been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a nice diversion too. I, I have enjoyed talking with you about this stuff and just getting my mind on other things so often too. I think I just get caught up in what's happening in the day and get frustrated with the minutia of work and things or whatever life. And this has been kind of a fun thing that I've been looking forward to. So yeah, uh, it's it good. It's kind of funny. Like I was talking with us about Christina and or with Christina and my wife and, and you know, she's like, Oh Jesus, what's this going to cost us? <laughs> I was like, no, it cost Mike a lot of money. It didn't cost me a lot of money. Yeah. You already have most of this stuff. Exactly. Just a few things here and there. I got the expensive stuff covered. That's great. Well, I'm looking forward to this for yeah. some new trips in the new year. It's going to be fun. Awesome, we can talk buddy. about it on the cast here. So yeah. Another topic for discussion. Exactly. All right, buddy. Our artwork is provided by Yerne, the gentle giant. You can check out more of his artwork at www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter or email us at coffeecodecast at gmail.com. The podcast is available uh, wherever you get your podcasts and you can find all this and more on our website at www.coffeecodecast.com. If you like the show, jump over to coffeecodecast.com slash review and help us out with a quick review rating and a few words. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you here next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye.